What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Hello, hello. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Fantastic. I'm coming off a dark week, actually, so I'm refreshed. Oh, that's nice. I uh, I was on the road, traveling a lot, did a lot, living yep. life for the cast. Diddleman did a lot. Yeah, yeah. I you know, it, it, it's funny because you <laughs> always tend to do a lot. Every time we talk on this podcast, we hear about shows that you've been to, mm-hmm. shows that you've done, events right. that you've gone to, and I started to start thinking like it. I think for the past several years, I've been in a bubble. That's how I feel when I talk to you. Yeah. Kind of living in a bubble. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't see a ton of shows because sometimes the last thing you want to do is go to the strip when you're performing on the strip regularly, right? Absolutely. Um, But during this dark week, I was out in the wild. You decided to take the plunge to to try and uh, balance the scales of all the shows I've seen. You no, it's a, not a contest. It was a because <laughs> I've already lost that one, so it's not a contest. I mean, we've been keeping track of the stats on riddles and trivia, so you just want to <laughs> also balance the scales in terms of number of shows. Wait, wait, who's why? Are you winning on that? No, I'm just kidding. We're not. Really. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were serious. I was like, oh, geez, I got to pick up my game. Maybe, maybe there's time to still make things up. Uh, so what what shows did you see, Matt? Well, it's not just shows. It was a more a little more uh, variety than that. So I started off, I think it was, yeah, Friday night. I had three days in a row. I was mm-hmm. going hard. So Friday night, I went to the a parade. There's a parade in downtown Summerlin. Okay. Um, and they do it. I don't know who pays for this thing, <laughs> but they do it, I think, every weekend, starting like right around Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. And there are dancers and floats and Santa Claus and music mm-hmm. and like legitimate snow outdoors. And when I say legitimate, like it looks and feels like real snow. Right, right. Because it doesn't normally typically snow in Vegas. So well, it does actually. Every, yeah, every once mean, in a while, on. but not yeah. often. <laughs> I get snow where I live for sure. Uh, <laughs> like like inches. Oh, wow. Yeah, for uh, sure. So People the, don't know that, but it's true. But they had to recreate it for when they need the snow for the parade. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unpredictable. So they, they have snow machines. And it's like easy to do if you're in like a small room or something or even a theater. But like this is an outdoor event. So there's a lot of snow machines down the whole corridor or promenade, so to speak. Not link promenade, but um, similar type thing. Um, So that was really fun. And it was great to get in the spirit of Christmas. Um, So that was that was the start of my weekend uh, just to get me prepped for going to UNLV the next night. Oh, wow. What was going on at UNLV? Who's live anyway? I know the show. Uh, I've I've seen versions and iterations of it. I remember they came to my college at one point too. But uh, I mean, I've been watching Whose Lines It Anyway ever since I was little. Uh, yeah. You know when it was the BBC show. You know over mm-hmm. in England uh, with Clive Anderson as the host, and then it went. That was over. the original, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they uh, came over to the states, and obviously. Drew Carey hosted for a long time, then Aisha Taylor. Uh, but then they took it on the road. They travel and they have like different troops and teams. So who was in your cast when you saw it? Well, yeah, it's interesting because it must be sort of unofficial because it's not called Whose Line Is It Anyway Live. So right. there's no check being cut to, yeah, to yeah. The, the whatever producers. controls that entity, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so it's Who's Live Anyway. But I do believe all four cast members are on the show. Uh, the The... The big star that like was 
just based on crowd reaction was Ryan Styles. Oh, when he came out, it was like people wanted to jump to their feet. Yeah. And they yeah. did come out one at a time. So there was like a clear, mm-hmm. oh my God, Ryan Styles is here from the audience. And it was packed. It was a, a nice performing arts center that I had never been to at UNLV. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Proops came yep. out first and was kind of hosting. Yeah, I've met Greg uh, and I have his book signed somewhere, but we did a comedy festival together. Uh, and he was very, very sweet, very nice man. I like Greg a lot. Yeah, what was really interesting, before I get to the other guys here, mm-hmm. uh, when I walked into the venue, into the lobby, you know, I thought, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go grab a, a snack and a drink or something. And it said, only non-alcoholic beverages are available for this evening's performance. And it was like a piece of paper stuck on the wall. It wasn't like a permanent sign, right. like, oh, this is a dry campus. Sure. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I think it might be the only time on any scale that I've been to like an improv show where there was like no alcohol allowed. Sure. Yeah. Was that just a specific, you know, for the venue for some reason? I, you don't know why. I have no oh, idea weird. the reasoning. It, it seemed like it was like specific for that particular night again, because mm-hmm. it was like a very temporary printout that was like stuck on the wall. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was no announcement of this. I think you got to know going into it that this is the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which is fine, but also I think the comics should know because Greg Proops came out and did a few minutes of material on how drunk the audience was. <laughs> oh, that's very, very funny. Yeah. Well, um, it doesn't also mean they weren't. I mean, I, I remember, especially if it's at a college campus, <laughs> going to some shows and sneaking in some, some, sure. Some, Nips. Nips or flasks or whatever, <laughs> pre-gaming. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It wasn't college students. I was looking yeah. around and like it was definitely more of like a local performing arts type audience. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't really spot any college students. Um, How was the show? Anyway. Yeah. Were, were they like the big uh, hit games that they did? or? Yeah, I'll take you through yeah. that. So the other uh, character I recognize from the show, his name's Jeff, and I can't remember his last name. He always wears like a suit. Um, yeah. younger guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y- I, you know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking. I, I thought you might know the name. I can't think of the last name at the moment. <clears throat> and the yeah. other guy escapes me too. <laughs> Great. But it wasn't Colin Mockery or anything. No, no. So I, I, so yeah, we talked about Colin Mockery doing hip prov on this podcast, but I also know when he goes out, he sort of has his own separate troupe of other performers that he does. So maybe it's just like two uh, companies so they can do more shows or I don't know. Maybe there's a secret rivalry. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Or maybe they rotate in and out of yeah, the same cast. Exactly. Too, Cause exactly. I know some of these, um, only a couple, only that guy, Jeff and the piano player, Bob, who is also amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the only ones who had done the entire run of, gotcha. of 111 shows. They said they did. This was like their last or second to last one. And I guess the other guys, you know, missed a date here or there for one reason or another. Um, so they must have some way of, Filling that gap. Jeff Davis? Yes, that's yeah, him. Yeah, Jeff Davis. Mm-hmm. Wanted to check um, and the other guy was great, too. I just His name escapes me at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. the, the games that stood out to me were uh, like the audience interactive ones, for example, like sounds. I think they call it sound effects. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Audience members come on stage and have microphones so the guys can act out a scene. And they're just everything they do, they're not allowed to make any sound. So, mm-hmm. you know, let me start this lawnmower. And... You know, yeah. the audience member does their interpretation of all those sounds. It's so funny that you saw uh, improv uh, and I just saw improv this week as well. Like, we're just yeah. big, big improv week. Uh, but, yeah, but uh, for you, that's like just a toss up. That's like a no, you know, 50, yeah, yeah, 50 yeah. <laughs> of whether or not you are at some sort of improv gathering. 
Well, I I, uh, I, I didn't want to uh, cut you off if you had more to say about Who's Line, but it's interesting to talk about the uh, the different styles because that's very much short form. So it's all games that are built in, uh, whereas, uh, you know, UCB format or just other formats are like long form improv and creating longer scenes. And there's a bit of mix, but I, I would say this is closer to that improv, you know, that we were talking about uh, in the previous episode. But um but where so the sound effects is fun because it, like I think I think with short form because it uses a lot of audience members you can learn a lot as a performer who also uses audience members of just like audience management and kind of going with the flow and like I mean were there anything that you kind of took from their interaction with you know how they were doing the sound effects and how they're responding to it that you can then use in your show or anything like oh, that yeah. Uh, not really. Um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of was enjoying it as an audience member yeah. as best I could. You weren't analy- analyzing it as much. or I was trying yeah. not to. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely taken aback and just blown away on how witty all four of these guys are. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, the, hence improv, right? I mean, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was all, it all stayed. I was curious to see if it would stay in the vein of, like, short form, like mm-hmm. the TV show does, yeah. or if it would, like, vary out a little bit. But it, it was essentially short form. They weren't all necessarily games directly from the show but for the most part they kind of were I, w- I was a little disappointed i didn't get a hoedown at the end oh yeah 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 yeah. i would have enjoyed that they had a mm-hmm. piano there come on what are we doing here i know um did they do no, other no, musical no anything else musical though yeah. lots of musical yeah. things like where they sell they do the infomercial for the cds they mm-hmm. actually closed with that which was interesting Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't know how much their set list. Oh, here's the thing that blew me away. Yes. The most was the amount of research mm. they had done on Las Vegas. And I bet you they do in every city. That's my guess was beyond any I've ever seen in any theatrical production or, or comedy show or comedian really? stand up any. Oh my God. Like I'm wondering logistically how they go about it. This isn't like a type of thing where they just get to the venue and start chatting it up with stagehands and say, so, like, what's the local bars around here that people mm-hmm. will know if I say it? Mm-hmm. It right. was not that. Right. This was specific. I, I wonder if there's, like, a questionnaire that gets sent out with the writer that says, you know, what is what part of town would people describe as this? Right. What part of town is the local that? What is the most famous local shopping area? What is the most famous local bar? Like literally they knew yeah. everything about Las Vegas and I don't mean the strip. It was crazy. Oh, that's funny. I was going to say, maybe they just go to Vegas a lot and they do. Like, so. I, I mean, this was beyond because they, they're referencing Pahrump. Yeah, they're referencing yeah. like the the uh, surrounding areas. Sure. and like, like, as it, like spoken as a true local. Wow. So I was blown away by that and like people around me were going wow they really know vegas and even tiana's going wow how do they know what henderson is and this and that and like it was it was really crazy like oh no i live in Summerlin. they're saying things like that like as a joke as a punchline yeah that's which only this audience would get right 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 and look i've been to different cities and done shows there and like use the you know area code or zip code in in part of the magic or something and like it always hits it's always Mm -hmm. People love that, but the the way that they did it was um, beyond anything I had seen. So that that was really cool. I was yeah. impressed by that. There was a lot of research, like on the plane ride over or something. Maybe they're handed a sheet like I was handed in Sydney, Nebraska, of how to incorporate it, <laughs> like it, the whole it, history of the town. <laughs> it was not a Google search. Yeah, I will tell yeah. you that. <laughs> yeah, whatever it was, how they did it, and and since it was a performing arts going crowd, like 
I, I and they probably have like a season pass, right? And they go to a lot of these events. They probably wouldn't have been as surprised as they were because a lot of shows right. would probably yeah. be reading off that same sheet. So I think that they proactively are but, uh, incorporating it into their improv. That's my guess yeah. as a as a watcher. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear again uh, about the the different styles and like your take on short form and everything like that. Because again, I saw TJ and Dave this week, which are not local to New York. They're Chicago based originally. I think they're still there, but uh, they're they're kind of like regarded as like the top improvisers in the country almost. I mean, there's a couple people that definitely rival them that come up uh, in in more popular days these days but in the improv scene they're like legends uh and a mm-hmm. tj jagodowski who most people just know from like the sonic commercials of the two guys in their cars and then dave pasquese who's uh who does a lot of uh a lot of acting as well as it was just in recently in boba fett and probably best known for being like the the ex on uh, veep uh selena's mm-hmm. ex on veep anyway so they they do a short a long form of just one scene but what's interesting about them they don't take a suggestion they just mm-hmm. say trust us this is all made up and what they do is uh, what was it's always fascinating to see is how many characters they create within a given space and then jump into or ghost as they call it ghost into the other characters that they create so if mm-hmm. tj starts a character that's sitting down and dave's talking to them but then tj comes in as another character dave will sometimes jump into the character tj was just playing right and try and copy the mannerisms and everything right. like that and they create a whole world with just two people and it's just mm-hmm. so fascinating to see them and just like whatever little character games that they create uh you know each one's aware of and then can keep playing those games and they're like what what I liked really interesting seeing them this time was how t- people talk about how comedy changes and like you know what things can you say these days so mm-hmm. like there was definitely some talk about like you know indigenous people just came up you know and they said like tribe and then they kind of second guessed themselves as I- improvisers like can we say like you know we're just part of a tribe these days but instead of just commenting it as themselves they jumped into another character to bring that up and kind of right. self-referentiate themselves and almost be meta about it. <laughs> right, so, right, right. But it's like it was like kind of tackling these t- difficult subject matters with the respect and like kind of the the thinking. We were all kind of thinking at the same time, but just like highlighting it at the same time. So it was really amazing to watch. And every time they come to town, I always encourage people to see them. So uh, TJ and Dave and Whose Lines and Anyway. Big who's improv. live anyway? Who's live who's... anyway? Because not associated. <laughs> and and I have to say, like sitting yeah. in the audience for that, I was at the parade uh, the following day, mm-hmm. kind of on a whim. I met my brother in San Francisco, and we saw the Dolphins play the Forty Nine. Whoa, 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 really whoa, whoa, fun. Back up. What? On a whim, I just went to San Francisco. <laughs> it's a fifty-five minute flight. It's amazing. So you yeah, just were like, it's like hey, a bus ride. Hey, let's go to San Francisco. Watch the game. Yeah, there was an extra ticket floating around. I said, sure, I'll, I'll come out there. Let's go. Love so. it. I love it. Did they win? Your Dolphins win? No. No, okay, there was a, not a good game in that regard, but it was a really fun time. <laughs> but like sitting in the stands at a, a, a football game, uh, mm-hmm. sitting in the theater, watching a parade, like I'm so much, it's interesting, I'm so much more comfortable being on the other side. I mean, not a football field <laughs> <laughs> up against NFL players, yeah. but like you're just sitting in the theater at Who's Line anticipating the show. Mm-hmm. 
I, I have this, like, I'd be much more comfortable sitting backstage waiting to go on than I am really? sitting in a theater being on the other side. Have you ever felt that? Um, no. <laughs> I don't no, think so. No, I, I didn't yeah. expect you would have, especially no. since you're at shows all the time. Uh, yeah. But, like, not even a tinge of it. It's all, you're just there enjoying. Is it, so where is it stemming from? Is it the fact that you want to be doing the show? Is it? Not that I like want to be doing it, that, that I would just be more comfortable. Not that mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I just would be more comfortable anticipating the show from back there, like mm-hmm. ready to go on. Like that's exciting for me. Whereas yeah. in the audience, I'm excited the show's going to begin, but I'm looking at my watch going, when is the show going to begin? Right, right. I don't know. It's just a different feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think it, I think it's because you have the control. I mean, we're used to kind of uh, you know the entertainment five ten to start a show delayed. You know, uh-huh. right? <laughs> we, we get to kind of be like, all right, we're going. Let's hold. Let's hold. You, you have, but right. But on the other end of it, you don't have the control, so you're just waiting to see when that's gonna happen, right? Well, it wasn't even a matter of impatience. It yeah. was just that, like, it, yeah, I have more anxiety of like, what is this show gonna be like? Mm. Um, when I'm in the audience versus like going on to do the show, worrying about what the audience is going to be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just because I've been on the other side way more times Mm -hmm. than I have. You know what I mean? I've done way more shows than I've seen, obviously. So like, I think it might just be an example of experience breeding comfort. That's probably a lot of it, but I think it's important to remember that other feeling, right? Because that's what your audiences are going through. And it's the difference. I mean, we talk about marketing, you know, from the, the buyer perspective, the, the mm-hmm. you know, the consumer of what product of like, is this going to be good? Is it what worth the money I'm spending? Like remembering those aspects of it and trying to make sure as, when you are performing to be like, oh, that's the frame of mind a lot of people are when they're coming into the theater and how do I deliver and, you know, succeed, uh, ex- exceed rather expectations. Yeah, and I think that's so important. And, you know, I was the type when I was a teenager going to a concert or whatever, I was the guy, you know, getting there several hours before to stand in the line. Like, I loved getting there early. I was in the, mm-hmm. sitting in the seat longer than the show would be on. You know, if they opened yeah. the doors at <laughs> 6 and the show's at 8, I'd be sitting in the mm-hmm. chairs at 6 o'clock and probably wow. in line yeah. at 5 or 4 o'clock, right? Because I, I loved that build of anticipation. Um, so anyway, yeah, but it was just, it's weird. Uh, it's just interesting how the comfort level has changed where it's like I'm more comfortable uh, on stage almost than anywhere else. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so what's going on? You were out, out here, right? Yeah, yeah. I was out, uh, well, in Los Angeles. I went, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I call that out here. <laughs> your coast, your side of yeah. the country. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I. Uh, can you get work done on a plane, Matt? I can't get work done on a plane. Well, I, I have a rule on this, and I've probably told you, like, I don't, I, I've almost never bought Wi-Fi on an airplane. Right. Not that that has to do with work necessarily, but right. it could. Um, but I, I prefer to not work on an airplane unless it's just like um, practicing something magic-wise yeah. or maybe watching a lecture of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm resting maybe sleeping, maybe watching some sort of content that I wouldn't watch otherwise. It's like right. a different world up there. Yeah, yeah, I could buzz through a whole season of a show that I would never watch in real life. Yeah, that's kind of what I did too. <laughs> I, I read a little bit too, but I, I wanted to like work and write and stuff on the plane, but I just can't get in the mind frame. It didn't help that my flight was also delayed three hours and I had woken up at four in the morning to catch a, you know, six or before that, because I had to be at the airport at four to catch a 6 a.m. flight that was yeah. then delayed. Um, so I did spend most of the time trying to sleep on the plane, which is mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. not good sleep. 
Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. waking up and all this other stuff. So I don't know. I was a little groggy, uh, but then I kind of settled in, uh, you know, went out right away. Uh, saw my friend Asif Ali at the comedy store. He got me in uh, and I got to see this killer lineup of comedians, uh, you know, Harlan Williams, Theo Vaughn, Fortune Feinster, um, a bunch of people on there that was just like stacked. It was like really, really cool of him to get a, get a, uh, get me in. So it was fun to see him. Uh, I also went to uh, my friend Vinny is uh, DePonto is performing at the Geffen and doing a, mind, a mentalism show. Uh, and the, the Geffen, you know, has obviously had magic in the past, but uh, not a lot. <laughs> you right, know, it's right. not a common thing. You know, they had Derek Delgadio show and uh, I believe Derek and Helder had their show there, maybe. Um, but uh, but Vinny did such a great job. Uh, the set was amazing, like the aesthetic and like having everything that you could uh, you know, use the resources of a real a prestigious theater house. You know, do you know who did it or? I have the uh, I have the program somewhere that okay. did the set design, but uh, he w- we went out after and he was just telling us like how I have this idea for the set is like they're like yeah we could get it done and like all the kind of back and forth and creating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he had a uh, mutual friend of ours as one of the magic consultants, uh, Rico De La Vega mm-hmm. was worked on it with him. Uh, mm-hmm. So I shot him in a little message, which is with the, his little blurb <laughs> in the in the program. But nice. uh, it was really, really amazing. Uh, the, it was interesting watching the show from the audience perspective because I did have like um, uh, someone next to me who was just like the perfect audience member who was just like going crazy every time you know he wanted that moment to happen and like was just blown away by the whole thing. But I guess we were talking about the uh, the troubles of uh, having a theater subscription model where it was like a lot of older audience members come in and just like. I don't know. They had the audacity to shout out to be like, speak up because they're I don't know. It was like, turn your your listening devices up if you can. But like they actually yelled speak up. Yeah, but it wasn't even at him. It was at audience members that, you know, he brought up who are not theatrically trained. Right. You know, so like I think there should be a leeway there <laughs> or like some forgiveness. But I uh, but overall, it didn't it didn't take away from, you know, the the incredible accomplishment that Vinny did on his uh his end getting because i know he's worked for years and years and years to get to you know his show in 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 a theater space as prestigious as this and he did such a great job i mean uh the audience has really loved it he does some little uh after the show ends where the show continues a little bit out in the lobby which i won't spoil mm-hmm. um and it was really just cool to see how he was taking these like larger concepts of like how we deal with thoughts and then how it relates to him and uh, his personal journey and his memories of his family and how it all ties together. But then using that as the impetus to then share that with the audience and read their thoughts and get them involved as well. So I really enjoyed it. I, you know, I'm very happy for my friend and his successes. And again, the more magic and good mentalism that hits theaters just means there's going to be more of a demand for it uh you know it's 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 the rising tide lifts all boats so yeah good magic breeds good magic you know you mentioned Mm -hmm. some other previous shows not a ton like you said but shows that were magic based that were at that theater so if those do well it kind of create paves a way for for more 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. it's like you doing well on AGT. Now look at the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you I paved the not... way walking over to the judges' table, man. Nobody uh, talks about it. Come I, on. I, I, was, I, I wasn't the first uh, to do that. I thought but... you were the first to walk up to the judges' table. No, uh, no, second. No, I think second. Uh, I, I saw Dan Sperry drop a thread in front of Howie. I do remember which that. Which was now great. That you yeah, 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 it. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With, uh, he did something with mints, right? But he didn't do a whole routine at the uh, desk. And now, I feel like that's it was a, a moment. Yeah, trope. I think it was yeah. like a seated at the edge of the stage thing. Yeah, and then if he I just, remember, he correctly. ended at the desk yeah, just to yeah. get that reaction from Howie. So yeah, uh, yeah. kudos. I, I like. All to right, well, get, credit to you and credit to Dan Sperry. Yeah. And give the respect to, uh, to those who become before and uh, other yeah. magicians who paved the way that you know Absolutely. made it popular on that show. But uh, being the first mind reader, I think that's pretty. Oh, cool. that's. <laughs> I think that might have been what I was thinking. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, let's, uh, I've got more to talk about, uh, from LA, but I think we should, uh, take a break from it at the moment and jump into diddle me this. Diddle me this, diddle me that, will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? This is more of a, um, more of a uh, logic puzzle than a riddle, but I think there's a. I think you can get to it. It's tough, but I think you can get it. I believe in you, Matt. Here we go. Isabel is on the way to visit her grandmother, who lives at the end of the valley. It's her birthday, and she wants to give her some cakes made by her. Isabel needs to cross five bridges to reach her grandmother's house. There is a toll for every bridge. The toll for crossing the bridge is half the cakes she is carrying with her. Also at each bridge, she gets one cake from them. How many cakes should Isabel carry with her to make sure she arrives at her grandmother's house with exactly two cakes? Okay. This is very <laughs> complicated to even comprehend here. And I was paying attention. I'll, uh, I'll sum it up because the, the basic problem is uh, Isabel has cakes. She has to go through five bridges. Yep. At each bridge, she has to give away half her cakes. Okay. But she gets one in return. Oh, so she gives away half and gets one back? Mm-hmm. So how many cakes does she need to start with so yeah, that so she I'm leaves with two? backwards here. Yeah. So on the last bridge, she needs to have two cakes, mm-hmm. give one, because half would be one, and then she gets one back. Mm-hmm. And she would arrive at her grandmother's house with two cakes. Mm-hmm. So she needs to go over the last bridge with two cakes. Yes. Okay. So there you go. There's five cakes. Yeah. Okay. Five, so five, fourth, five bridges, rather. So the fourth bridge, in order for her to end with two cakes, she would need to show up with four. No, she would need to show up with two cakes. And then the third bridge? Two cakes. <laughs> the, the first, second bridge? Two cakes. And the first bridge? She needs two cakes. It all cancels each other out. <laughs> You got that right away, Matt. <laughs> that was fantastic. And you did, you logicked it out backwards perfectly. But I, I mean, yeah, that's the simplest. Even if you just think of it logically, right? Mm-hmm. Going forward, if you're getting a cake back, you, you want to have two cakes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're giving half at the first bridge and you start with two cakes, you immediately get one back. You're back right. where you started. You go forward to the next bridge. It's the same yep. toll. 
yeah, yeah. Not as complicated as it sounds. I know. It sounds like it's going to be like one of those tricky Doing equations. math problems. Yeah, right. where the train is coming at a certain speed. Right. But uh, I really like this. Yeah, at each bridge, she gives half of her cakes, and in return, she gets one. So she will give one cake at every bridge as a toll and receive one cake back, which will leave her at two cakes after every bridge. Well done. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Today's beer trivia for you. Beer trivia. Oh, okay. Uh, my beer reputation on the line. I think you're going to like it. Okay. All right, question one mm. of TBD. Uh, what popular beer brand is originally from... Oh, I'm sorry. Stella beer brand is originally from which country? Stella Artois? That's correct. Uh, I feel like that's a Belgian beer, perhaps. Are there choices, options? Germany, France, Canada, Belgium. I feel like that's Belgium. Final? Mm, the way you're looking at me, no, but I'll stick with it because that was my first instinct. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hold on, there's more. Yeah, okay. Jupiler? Excuse you? Jupiler. Uh, what? <laughs> Am I saying that right? Spell it. J-U-P-I-L-E-R. Sounds right, but I've never heard that word, so this will oh. be great. <laughs> Same question. Which country is it from? Oh, boy. I have no idea. I've never heard of it. I have four choices. All right, go ahead. Italy? Poland, Germany, Belgium. Mm. Sounds, did you say Italy? Italy, Poland, Germany, Belgium. I'm going to guess Italy. Doesn't sound Italian to me. No. I don't know the answer, so don't listen to me. Okay, but I'm going <laughs> to go with it. It's Belgium again. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah. let's go same question. Apparently I need to go to Belgium, by the way. Same question. It's called Bitburger. Okay. Now, these are, see, I've heard some of these. It's just, these are a lot of foreign uh, beers are. that I have not had the pleasure. I usually drink a nice IPA. Uh huh. Uh, let's see. Um, Bitburger. I have choices. That seems like it's like maybe Amsterdam or Germany. Like, they're all from that part of the continent. Right. The, the options are Norway, UK, Germany, Denmark. Mm, Bitburger. Let's go Denmark. Germany. Germany. I should have stuck with my thoughts. Okay, here's one you've heard of. Okay, good. Newcastle. Newcastle. That's an English beer. UK. So you want to say UK? Yeah, I believe. That is correct. <laughs> do, you, do you want to end on the positive? <laughs> no. Well, I'm tied now. I got to break. Oh, you the are. Tie. We got to do tiebreaker. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do this one. I don't know how to pronounce it, though. Okay. H-O-E-G-A-A-R-D-E-N. Hogarden. Okay, so you're familiar. <laughs> I have, yes, yes. And do you, I feel like you know. I, I have choices. It's got to be, again, it's all blending together, but I believe it's either German or German. Yeah, I'm going to go German. Do you want the choices or no? I don't know the answer, just to be fair. Or is it, or is it um, Scandinavian? Um, I believe I have it at my German beer garden that's around the corner from me. <laughs> Go with the choices. Yeah. Belgium, mm -hmm. the Netherlands, mm -hmm. Germany, mm -hmm. 
Denmark. Uh, the two A's and uh, make me think it's Scandinavian, but I'm going to go with my initial gut and say German. For the tiebreaker, Belgium. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was tough. I need to uh, brush up on my uh, on my European beers, it seems. There uh, you go. Well, it was an interesting topic for the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of interesting topics matt i did something that two friends recommended i do while i was in la all righty i went to the museum of jurassic technology okay and my initial reaction when leaving it was texting them being both being like what did i just witness I thought you were going to say, why would you recommend this to me? Sort of. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, not, no, I did enjoy it, and I'm yeah, glad yeah. I experienced it. But it is – there's some onboarding you got to get – because it is, it is alienating at first because you mm-hmm. go in and you get a little, like, video. And I'm not going to spoil too much about it because I do think people need to just go and experience it. But this is uh, – and there's, there is a tie in the magic, too, that I want to get to in a moment. But uh, the Museum of Jurassic Technology, you think Jurassic – that's a time period. Technology. Like, what are we talking about here? And then the rest of the museum is like art exhibit slash science slash you're not quite sure what's real, what's fake. Is it just like a weird oddities museum? Is it just like a Ripley's Believe It or Not? Is it a Barnum type thing? Like, there was exhibits where there was like tiny uh, mosaics made out of like dead cells that you can see through a microscope like so that was real (laughs) like those (laughs) are real things and there was a cool exhibit i really liked about like uh, old theater techniques of like set changes from like the renaissance and it was like how they like pivoted the set using you know these tri um cornered like set pieces and they rotated and like how they created like waves and stuff so like those all seemed real but then you get something like the confluence of memory and it was a video where trying someone's trying to explain uh using a cone and a plane how different memories stay with us longer and it felt like a Dharma initiative video from like lost or like something like this and you're like what are they talking about is this just all bs is it like right is it his yeah (laughs) what is happening like and like they're telling you all about these people that are like what is happening like who are these people who are these scientists i've never heard of quote and i'm putting scientists in quotes here because i have no idea right or like uh, like just weird. I'm surprised artifacts. you didn't do research after the fact to see what you had just seen. A little bit. I did a little bit, but like, like I don't know if it's just like a really elaborate art experiment. Every review I heard, it's like the mu- experience is like a museum of what museums are, <laughs> which is like also very meta. It's like kind of creating the experience of a museum without ever like really being an historically accurate museum. Um, but here's the part that ties into the magic, Matt, is uh, the curator, whoever came up with this idea, was good friends with Ricky Jay. Oh, nice. And there is a exhibit where you actually hear a narration of Ricky Jay talking about uh, when, die, when a die dies. And he has all these old dice that are like, 
exploded or like moldy or like whatever, like these things that he collected from years and years of his travels. And he had someone kind of catalog how these dice made of different, you know, materials, how they decay. And they have them just in like glass boxes. And it's so gross to look at like these old moldy dice or like crystallized dice. But it was like this fascinating, like weird thing that you would never see anywhere else. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that something like this would be up my alley. But yes. I kind of would have liked to go with you just to, just for the discourse afterwards. I know of like what you know. Like, I'm the type that this? I'll watch a movie and whether I love it or hate it, if I'm not with people to discuss it with, mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. I asked Tiana. Hey, so do you want to talk about it? And she's like, "No, not really. We watched it. That was enough." I'll I'll start looking up. I'll start looking up, you know, discussion yeah. boards and, mm-hmm. and reviews just to see like, you know, sometimes it's like, "Well, what did that mean? What what was that ending?" Or right. but most of the time it's just like I like to hear other people and like jump, you know, I like to have a little commentary on what the heck just happened. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I needed that for sure because there were there like I said there were really fascinating exhibits and I think they change them in and out like and there seems so bizarre and disconnected. Like one was like the history of Cat's Cradle, Cradle, and the different like the design, game? like the designs you can make out of string. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one that was like they they were all exhibits of like old wives' tales or like old medicine cures that weren't accurate. Like like just some bizarre stuff. Like the the idea of you're supposed to put like a duck bill in your mouth if you had a cold like back in the day that was the idea so they have a picture they have an exhibit of like a little mouth with a duck bill in it and like it's very strange stuff i don't know it's hard to explain it was a why weird... is no one doing a good magic routine with cat's cradle oh that's a good idea yeah maybe why i'm sure there must be someone. i'm not familiar with it and i said a good one yeah i'm yeah. not familiar with any not to say yeah. that there's not a good one out there but I haven't seen anyone doing magic with the cat's cradle theme, which is like a funny nostalgic thing. Kind of like that. I'm miming to you now, so yeah, no one the, can uh, see it except you. But what do you co- call that little cootie alligator catcher? mouth thing? I, I've heard it as a cootie catcher. Oh, Where, really? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's an origami, and you fold it up, and you put your thumb and index finger in it in yeah. each hand, and you kind of open it, and it you count, right? The person picks a number and then you count and then yeah. they, it, you unfold it to reveal a certain answer. And it was something you did in grade school. Yeah, it definitely could be tied into mentalism for sure because it was all about like predicting your future based off what number you ended on or whatever message was right. there. It was like a, yeah, origami fortune teller or something like that. Yeah, um, it was like a, uh, a low-tech eight ball, if you will. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, but uh, the museum itself, Matt, was fascinating in terms of just the structure and the layout and on the the roof there was like a little patio garden that they served tea and then just like birds were flying out like you could go into this little bird sanctuary and you had to like stop between the chains so that the birds don't just fly out (laughs) it's so strange but what was very nice and i wanted to take a photo but they don't allow photos in this very strange museum is they have a an internal flame for Ricky J. So I liked that as well, like a little memorial for him. So I just asked, I was like, what is Ricky's connection? And they're just like, he was friends of the, the museum and, and the curator. And so nice little way to honor him. So um, I get, I guess you got to experience it once. Check out the Museum of Jurassic Technology and just be as confused as I was the whole time walking through it. 
I, I gotta go back to this because I haven't heard Cat's Cradle. <laughs> yeah, in a while. In a long yeah. time. What did they do about Cat's Cradle? There was like just a session on it, like like a, a, no. a segment or like yeah, a, like just, a, a thing you walk through which shows the different formations. What what is it? Oh, that reminds me of the other thing I wanted to bring up because yeah, the way they displayed some of the stuff was really fascinating. So like, I literally go up the stairs and I take a right, and you're suddenly in this um, all these drawings about space and futurism and like the, the Russian scientists who are trying to like figure out how to get to get to space, and they have portraits of the uh, the space dogs, including the famous one Laika, which was the first dog in space. Uh, so to, to honor them, but then you go around the corner and it's like. This is where Cat's Cradle was invented, and then these are the different formations. So and is it like the Mob Museum, or like a, a there's just like pictures on the wall and like some text? Part of it, yeah. But there's also like interactive in glass boxes, like yep, yarn box. or whatever was used. So this is the part I want to get to because what was really cool, and there was another one, there was a, another section about beast bestiaries, which is a book on beasts from like the mid, mid you know. Middle English, you know, <laughs> turn of the century, whatever, um, Renaissance days of like just trying to talk about what different animals were. But both of those had displays where there was a projector hidden coming down from the ceiling and you look through these lenses. And what that did was create a hologram at what you were just looking at was empty, whether it was just a book or something like that. Mm -hmm. But when you look through the lenses, you could see a 3D hologram video of someone doing the cat's cradle or yeah. the bestiary. I've uh, seen things like that. Uh, case that, that had a picture of the animal that was like eating, but like you just look to the side and it's not there. And then you look through the glasses and it's there. It was a very yeah. cool way to display these things. Um, yeah. I think I've video. seen that technology at area 51. Did you ever end up going there? I You're in Vegas, Area, Area 51? I believe it's Area 15. and I believe Area I went, 15, sorry, yeah. I believe I went with you to Meow Wolf. Did we go together? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, and we, we did, did the whole, the whole Meow Wolf thing? We did them, yeah, Omega Mart, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was the one and only time I went, so... <laughs> <laughs> then it was definitely with you then, if yeah, you were there with me. <laughs> because we, we let Dale do all the, the story gathering of what was supposed to be happening. <laughs> yeah, the, the escape room aspect, which I expected you to participate more in. Uh, yeah, it was more just listening to stories to figure out what happened. It wasn't really a escape. You weren't solving any puzzles. <laughs> really. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Anyway, the whole reason I was in L.A., Matt, was because I had a gig, which was nice. Uh, they put me up at a swanky hotel, man. And uh, they, so swanky, they I arrived in the room, and I had a pillow on my bed that was monogrammed with my initials. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What part of town were you in? Beverly Hills. So there you it was go. Very, yeah, very swanky. Uh, they had a uh, – I did 45 minutes walk around. Uh, but it was tricky because I didn't realize it was going to be outside and at night. So lighting was an issue. And mm -hmm. also like moving around the tables and they had heat lamps, even though it's L.A. <laughs> you didn't right, really need right. the heat lamp that you're walking around. But um, but again, I use that strategy of just trying to be like, hey, I'm doing a stage show later. So let let me warm up and um you know so even with the lighting if something didn't read or play as well i wasn't too as con concerned because of uh you know how i framed it uh but then i did a 45 minute stage show on the um uh, when it was a small audience and uh, i they were pretty reluctant to kind of come up on stage so i had to do sure. a lot of coaxing for that and mm -hmm. it was always that um and it's one of those things i have to 
always tell people is like, leave your wine glass at your seat. You don't have to bring it up on stage. You know, but, I, I actually let people bring it up. I do too, but oh, okay. if they have a place to put it, that's, that's what, exactly. If they're gonna come up and sit at the casino table with me, by all means, bring it along. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because yeah. they never really try otherwise, but people do bring it because they see the table there, and maybe they assume they're gonna be sitting there. Mm-hmm. So, like subconsciously, they just bring it. They because people don't normally bring right. their drink up, but people do for that sometimes, and it has cup holders. I never thought about that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. why. Well, that's the thing is you got to be mindful of if it's going to get in the way of other, you know, of what they need to do or if they need to use their hands or where they can place a wine glass or mm-hmm, if they just mm-hmm. want, you know, sometimes it's a good indicator, too, of how uh, how able they are to follow instructions if they're if they're that clinging to their wine glass. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, but the interesting the most interesting thing, and I kind of posted this to some friends uh, on Instagram was after the show, Matt, I had someone come up to me, and this is the weirdest thing. She just goes, you know what's so funny? I was just telling my husband this morning that I hate magic. <laughs> what What did she think she was going to get out of this comment? Well, was it one of those sort of I hate magic, but I loved you sort of things? Well, that's where I thought it was going, but okay. it never... <laughs> I think that was maybe implied, but it never quite finished the thought. Yeah, sure, sure. So I just hear, well, I hated that. See ya. (laughs) Which I know wasn't the case from everyone in the audience anyway, because I did get a good review after that everyone enjoyed it. But Well, look, I mean, you can't take it offensively. Even if she just doesn't dig magic, like it's... It's no different than someone who doesn't dig uh, poetry and they find themselves at a slam and they're like, I got to get out of here. You know? Right. But then do you go up to the poet after and be like, no. you know what? I hate poetry. No, you don't write a review. You don't go up to the poet. You walk away and you yeah. go to dinner or yeah. you go home or you you move on to do something you enjoy. <laughs> That's why I think the, the implication was that she did enjoy the show because otherwise, why would you go up and tell the person that after they just finished performing? It was very strange, but I, I got a kick out of it. it yeah, like, good, good, as be, you should. Be a good story. <laughs> Absolutely, as you should. That's great. So, uh, yeah, so that was the LA trip and then I flew back and uh, have been uh, been just taking care of some stuff here at my apartment and uh looking forward to another good week matt awesome man i i know we got more to get into but i i mean mm-hmm. i vote i vote we save it because we still just gotta do some goals and whatnot and i know yeah. you've got a speakeasy performance tonight yeah i got um my brother-in-law tommy here visiting which is nice um so yeah so uh, yeah let's jump over to goals your goal was to be present and have a good week which it sounds like you did because you were off <laughs> and had a dark week so you get to well, do. well, sometimes that's even harder to be present, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, that that was that was good. I like I said, I was out in the wild. I feel I feel good about that. But being present should always be mm-hmm. a, a goal. Um, do you have so, a goal for this week coming up? I, I do. I have a, a lot lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's uh, let's just make it very specific. Let's uh, have a good good photo shoot on Friday. Do a little photo. Actually, Thursday and Friday. But let's let's focus on both. Yeah, let's say Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Let's do that. Good. Since that's uh, coming up immediately, 
Uh, great. Uh, my goal was to uh, do uh, have a little accountability buddy writing session. I was not able to do that with my traveling, but I did try to sit down and write. Uh, and again, I do. I think I need that buddy for accountability because I was only mm-hmm. able to like write a paragraph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but hey, it's you know what though? You shouldn't kick yourself on that. It's it's better than zero. It really that's is. That's exactly I what I was that. gonna say. Yeah, yeah the fact so. that I was able to get uh, a little bit done. You know, I think it's mo- worth celebrating. Sitting down sometimes is the mm-hmm. hardest part yeah. to do something or, or getting on the starting line if it's a run or whatever it is. Sometimes like right. that's the, the biggest step. So It's the initial part. And if you do that, uh, you know, at least you're inching forward a little bit every day so mm-hmm. that eventually it sounds like you're able to complete whatever goal it is. So mm-hmm. that's great. But um, yeah, so I, I, I didn't get to write as much, but uh, I'll eventually try to get more in that uh, – flow state and i think that happens just by doing it so uh i'll I'll, uh, keep at it i think i'm gonna try and uh just carry that goal over uh to to do more writing experience breeds comfort right back to it there we go exactly exactly uh how about any recommendations this week matt anything that piqued your interest shows tv could be a book just or an activity who's live anyway who's live anyway (laughs) perfect um, Check them out on tour. I watched season two of White Lotus. I don't. Oh no! Well, not the whole thing because there's still another one more episode left. Um, I've watched season one before previously. I don't know if this is a recommendation. It's probably not a recommendation. Maybe it's a recommendation. I don't know. I enjoyed watching it, but it's so wacky. Have you seen this, Matt? This was going to be my recommendation this week. <laughs> Are you serious? I had not watched season one, and everyone was talking oh, about season did two. Did you just watch season two? So I just watched oh, all that's... of season one. Okay. And I'm like two more episodes left in season two. Yeah, the final episode hasn't come out yet. Um, so you're a fan. I like I, if a season three's out, I'm watching it. But as like a broad recommendation, I don't I don't know because it's so off the wall. Both seasons. Yeah, I think I think people who are in the like kind of the hospitality world can like get a kick Relate. out of just like the craziness of guests yeah. and and the employees and everything. I mean, just the the setting is amazing to see the, like the you scenery know. is beautiful. Yeah. Many of the characters are not super likable. Likable <laughs> or yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I I was fascinated to get on board. So that was what I watched this week on the plane was White Lotus to catch up, but uh, it was it's fascinating. I think so. we have the same recommendation this week for the first time ever. I put who's live anyway for you. <laughs> we'll put White Lotus too. Okay, and White Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I wanted to recommend something that like people actually have a chance to see. I don't know if yeah. this show is coming to their town, but I know if you sure. if you choose to subscribe to uh, this HBO thing, you can you can watch White Lotus. You probably you yeah. could probably bang it out with a free trial, you know. Right. Well, then I'll also recommend TJ and Dave if they are performing in your area. Check them. So out. we have literally the exact same. We have an improv thing and White Lotus. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Matt, what about plugs? What do you um, got? Yeah. Now through the end of the month, basically, I'm in Vegas. I will be. Having a baby, uh, beginning of January, end of December, taking about a month off from performing or anything like that, and then revamping the show uh, to reopen February 6th. So if you want to see the current version, you have maybe 20, 30 days. Yeah, I like that. At first, the fact that you brought up the baby, I was like, Matt, are you plugging the baby? <laughs> Come see the baby. No, no, but that is good. See the uh, see the the current version of the show. 
Well, and then uh, see the new version of the show when you're back. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so I'm excited. We're, the, the show is going to have a, a sort of a, a real identity in terms of what the um, – a new identity in terms of the aesthetic, which is really cool, which I know I shared with you a couple of weeks back. Yeah, So absolutely. we're working on that, still coming in. Yeah, that's great. That's really, really great. Uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, Matt, I have a correction to make for my plugs. Uh, So I was plugging this uh, Seven Feathers Casino in Oregon on the the 30th of December. Uh, It's not a public gig. It's for their VIPs. So if you want to become a VIP before then. I love that. (laughs) I love that you didn't even know what the gig was. I thought it was just, I mean, I knew it was just going to be, you know, in their theater or whatever. But I didn't know it was more of a closed-off event. So you have time. If you want to be a VIP, you can come see my show in Oregon. That's awesome. Uh, but, uh, do, yeah. but I do have public shows where you can see me, uh, mostly in New York. Uh, like I said, this month a lot. I'll be at Speakeasy Magic a lot, including, uh, well, by the time this comes out, uh, Friday night, Saturday night, you can catch me immediately when you listen to this. Uh, but also um, I'm at City Winery. Uh, and my friend David Corsaro shows Magic in a Bottle, along with Peter Samuelson, on uh, December 27th, uh, which is a really, really cool venue. A lot of comedy and music acts go through there. And uh, I just really love performing in that room as well. So check me out at City Winery. Uh, you can get tickets to any of these events at uh, Linktree slash E. Diddleman uh, to check it out. And, of course... If you want to be a patron and support our show, uh, you could do that by visiting patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast, and you can sign up to be a producer for us to thank you on air like we're about to do right now. So let's give a big shout-out to our producers, Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been a great week. It has been a great week. You can follow us on the socials at MindMagicPod. Visit us at MindOverMagicPodcast.com where you can shoot us an email at MindOverMagicPodcast at gmail.com. And that should do it. Matt, this was a blast. Let's do it again next week. Shall we? The episode? Yeah, let's do it. Is now? Concluded. Over. (laughs) Over.